Hello, I'm Lewis Vaughan Jones. Welcome to the programme. We're going to start in Turkey, where the president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, has won another five years in power. This is after winning the runoff ballot in the uh, country's presidential election. And we can take a look at some of his supporters uh, waving flags, very enthusiastic uh, support. 52% of the vote, uh, roughly, is the uh, still unofficial uh, result. But uh, well, leaders have been congratulating him. It is all but official. Uh, in his speeches to his own supporters and to the country, he called for unity and he promised to deliver a strong economy, both significant challenges for him. Meanwhile, his opponent, Kamal Kilic Tarolo, uh, said it was the most unfair election in years. With a full roundup, here's our reporter, Anna Foster. At the presidential palace, one sound filled the night air. Recep Tayyip Erdogan. After 20 years in power, he's about to embark on five more. And his supporters were ecstatic. We are very happy, full of joy. I can't even contain myself. I thank God. This was Turkey's first ever presidential runoff. It capped a bitter and polarizing months-long election campaign. But even as President Erdogan promised to bring harmony, he sowed more division. Listing the opposition parties, he asks the crowd disparagingly, are they LGBTI? Yes, they reply. And can any LGBTI infiltrate into the AK party, he continues. No, they cheer back. The morning after, life continues as before. Turkey has chosen the status quo. Those who hoped for change wonder where they'll find it now. I don't have hope anymore. I don't have hope for Turkey. I want to move abroad as soon as possible. I think it was an unjust election because the country is in a bad situation. I pray to God that he's going to be good for everyone. Now we have a really resentful youth. I look at the people around me who are supporting the opposition, and all of them are really resentful. The first thing on President Erdogan's to-do list is fixing the broken economy. This is a country in financial crisis, with spiralling inflation and a lira that's plummeted in value in the last few years. Some economists say that Mr Erdogan's financial management has made those problems even worse. And after this re-election, there's little chance that he'll change course. Solving the problems caused by the price increases as a result of inflation and compensating for welfare losses is the most urgent issue of the process ahead. It's not difficult for us to find a solution to these issues. Beyond Turkey's borders, President Erdogan's supporters are celebrating too. From Berlin to Gaza City, religious conservatives who favour his strongman stance are jubilant. But those who fear an increasingly authoritarian Turkey see this as an opportunity lost, an opposition who missed their chance. We'll get uh, more from Anna in just a second. But there has been an international team uh, monitoring these elections in Turkey. And we heard from them in the last couple of hours. They've been giving their conclusions of their observations of this second round of voting. They said the election was well run and gave voters the opportunity to choose between uh, real political alternatives. But it was characterised by increasingly inflammatory and discriminatory language during the campaigning period. So we can get a bit more now on this issue from Anna Foster. 
There are two key issues here, I think. The first is the campaign period. So remember that President Recep Tayyip Erdogan really controls and has huge authority over the state media here in Turkey. So in that campaign period, he was regularly on television. He was regularly on the radio, on the front pages of newspapers. People could not avoid those campaigning messages that he wanted to get out. On the other hand, the opposition, Kemal Kilic Darolu, he just didn't have those same mainstream media opportunities. And that is one of the things that people are looking at when they talk about this being an unfair campaign. For example, at one point, just a couple of days before this runoff election, he did a really long, maybe six hours or so, uh, interview with a YouTube TV channel where people could get in touch and ask questions. A lot of what he was doing, again, were, were homemade videos, him sitting at his kitchen table. Uh, again, these went on social media, they went on YouTube. It was a very different campaign to the very slick mainstream media campaign that President Erdogan was campaigning. And even in the last couple of days, even hours before the polls opened, Kamal Kilic Daroli was complaining that he wanted to send an SMS, a text message, with a campaign message to people here in Turkey, and that he was blocked from doing that. So that is one of the issues that we talk about when we're looking at fairness. The other is the actual counting and the ballot boxes. Now, the way things work here in Turkey is that when the ballot boxes are closed and the counting begins, and I watched this yesterday and two weeks ago in the first round, there's always a crowd of people around the ballot box, and they are observers from the different parties. So so while you have the officials who are doing the counting, taking the tallies, making the notes, they take them off and they get them inputted into the main computer at the local centres, there are people from the parties whose job it is to watch, to double check, to count, to make their own notes and their own figures and to make sure that they all tally up at the end. And both yesterday and two weeks ago, both sides were saying to their supporters, do not leave the ballot boxes until the very last moment. Do not leave them unattended. Make sure you're always watching what's going on. Now, that team of international election observers will no doubt dig into that and see if there was any real impropriety or just allegations of it. But it gives you an idea of the atmosphere that this election in Turkey was conducted in. And Anna, I mean, we know all about President Erdogan. He's been on the world stage for long enough, uh, increasingly authoritarian approach. Uh, none of this, uh, you feel, will change any of that. Just a quick moment on the opposition. Uh, they, before the election, were given a very good chance. They haven't done it. What happens now? Do they dissolve for another five years? I think that's a really good question. And, and that is because this moment was seen by many as a moment that might not be repeated again. Because in Kemal Kilic Daroli, you had a single candidate who different political parties with different visions united around. They didn't all want Turkey to look the same way in the future. They had different ideas and different policies. But the thing that united them was wanting to remove Recep Tayyip Erdogan from power. So that was why, unusually, the table of six, as they called themselves, coalesced around this one candidate. Even the HDP, the Kurdish uh, party, they didn't put their own candidate up either because they didn't want to split the vote. So I think people feel like this was a moment, a moment that might not be repeated. And, you know, there was a bit of debate at the time about the choice of Kamal Kilic Darolu as the candidate because there are two very experienced, very charismatic mayors here in Turkey. 
one Ekrem Imamolu, who is the mayor of, of Istanbul, the city I'm in now, and Mansu Yavash, who is the mayor of Ankara, the Turkish capital. Now, I think a lot of people looked at those two men and thought that they might be better candidates. They might be better at campaigning. They might be more passionate. They might draw more supporters in. But the problem is, because of the way that President Erdogan controls this country, because of the, the anti-democratic stance that the people have accused him of holding, it makes it very difficult. And there's a chance, and certainly in the case of Ekrem Imamoglu, the mayor here in Istanbul, he has, has got a, a pending appeal against him that may have seen him removed from politics altogether. So Kemal Kilic Darolu was seen as the safe choice, one who couldn't be pulled out of the race at the last minute by, by politics or policies or something like that. I think people might be regretting those choices now. The question is what happens next? You heard President Erdogan last night talking about the local elections, which might sound like a very domestic Turkish issue. But that's what he was talking about. These two big cities, these two mayors, both of which are held by the opposition, that is what he's got his eye on next time round, no doubt. And he will continue in, in campaigning mode, really, from now until then. Thanks to Anna for that analysis there from Turkey.